If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 402. Hymn 402, Nothing is Impossible. Nothing is Impossible, hymn 402. Fathers, we come before your throne this morning. We want to thank you once again for this day, God. And I want to ask you, Lord, to meet with us in a special, mighty way. And I pray, Lord, that you be with our singing this morning. And also, God, I pray that you be with Pastor as he preaches, Lord, and fill him with your spirit, God, as he proclaims your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would uh, have hearts to respond to the message today. So, Lord, we love you. I thank you, God, for all you've done. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue in worship, we would love for you to join us. And singing hymn 291, hymn 291, hymn 291, come and dine. Sing along. Oh, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people, come and dine with his Oh, to be a glorious sight, all the saints on this 
Christ died on the cross for our sin, and we can, whatever we have, we can nail it to the cross. Yes. Amen. And all God's people can say. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. good director no telling how good they'd do amen let's all stand if you if you would please and turn to him number 444 because there was a cross and because you're a born again child of god that means i've got a mansion amen him number 444 Amen. 
Now 444, sing along. I'm satisfied with just a cottage Let's go. 
Thank you. you. May be seated. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church this morning. We're awful glad that you're here. If you're a first-time visitor and did not receive a visitor card, if you slip our, your hand up, our ushers are going to give you one right now. We're going to ask that you fill out that visitor card. And then at the end of the service, out in the foyer, there's a desk out there or a table. I'll be behind that desk, and I'd like to exchange that visitor card filled out for a uh, gift bag. We have a gift bag to welcome you for being here, and thank you for being a part of Central Park Baptist Church. Now, our ushers are coming back forward uh, because we need, this is our missionary, missions week, amen? Uh, and so, if you did not receive a uh, faith promise missions card during your Sunday school, if you'd raise your hand, our ushers are going to give you one right now. If you raise your hand nice and high so they can see everyone who needs one. Uh, if you did not get a faith promise card, now, this is not uh, a commitment card. You are not making a commitment to give so much money. What this is is faith promise. What does faith promise mean? That means this. You're going to go to God and ask him what he wants you to, to give you to give to missions this year. Right. And I'm going to trust him by faith, faith promise. So I'm praying. I've been praying. And I hope you've been praying as well. What does God want you to give to missions this year? Right. Right. Some of you will increase it. Some of you may decrease it. Some of you may give for the very first time. I don't know, but God does. And if you'll walk with him and ask him what he wants you to do, he will show you, and then it's up to him for him to provide it to you. Then it's up to you not to spend it on something else. (laughs) Amen? Because once he gives it. Now, I want to encourage you parents to see that every one of your kids get one. Because it wouldn't hurt your child to give five cents, two cents, ten cents right. a week, a month, every however time to teach them to give. Because what that does is it helps them to understand that God comes first. Right. Seek ye first right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right. and all these things would be added unto you. When we don't learn it as a child, and then we hear about tithing and giving as an adult. We think, I can't afford to do that because we didn't learn to walk by faith. We've only learned to walk by sight. So I want to encourage you, parents, to encourage your children to give in faith promise as well. You say, well, there's not a, car, a mark here for them. That's all right. There is. It's, it's just a dash. Right. Just put that in there. You never put your name on here. We don't want to know who you are. It's a commitment between you and God. It has nothing to do with us. It has to do with giving us the funds to be able to give to the missionaries. Now, let me say this on the missionaries part. Churches all across America are having trouble financially, and they're cutting missionary support left and right because they do not realize that their blessing is by giving. When we give, God blesses us, just like you as an individual. And so our missionaries need to know that they can depend on us. And that's where their funds come from, what we give. Now, we have done very, very well this year, and I'm so very proud at Central Park. We have given a higher amount of money to missions than we ever have in the past. And I want to see that continue to grow, but that all comes through prayer and walking with God. Amen. Anybody else need a card? All right, before we do the next thing now, which is take an offering, and preacher's going to come for that, we have a presentation for our pastor. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we have something we'd like to give him. Amen. Uh-oh. Will this explode? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
No, it's not a rubber cigar. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it won't explode right now because y'all are here. Okay. That's why I'm misled to. That's a saying that you don't know. This is a saying that his daddy lived by and taught him all of his life. Yep. The secret formula is faith, hard work, and a lot of prayer. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank Amen. you very much. That means a lot. I'll, I'll hang that in my office. Uh, my, my dad, before he died, he just he, he said that, and we put that in the prayer card for his funeral. That the three, the secret to the growth of a church, he said, is uh, faithfulness, hard work, and a lot of prayer. Right. And that that is awesome. You, you don't know what that means to me. I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, I don't know where. I'll, where's the box go? <laughs> I hate it when I hate it when you. I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> Let's take an offering. But, so since I don't know what to say except for thank you, you uh, God's good to me, and and you're good to me as a people, and and I appreciate you allowing me to be your pastor. Please continue to pray for me that I'll yes. be the pastor for you that God wants me to be. Uh, I need that. I need your prayer, and I and I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Uh, and thank you. Uh, let's have an offering. Amen. I don't know what else to do, but it's time for an offering. So uh, we'll have an offering. Amen. Uh, you ready to have an offering? Say amen. 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 Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, uh, asking God's blessing. Lord, thank you, God, for your goodness. And thank you, Lord, again for Dad, Lord, and Mom. Uh, God, even though they've gone home to be with you, Lord, just here recent, uh, Lord, uh, Dad still speaks. And God, we've seen that uh, again this morning. And and I'm thankful for that. Thank you for our church, for our people, for their graciousness, Lord. And uh, God, I'm thankful for that today. Thank you, Lord, for their willingness to give. Lord, as we approach our mission conference next week, Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd please help us, Lord, to continue to be a mission-minded church. And uh, God, give so that souls might come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And Lord, this is uh, another way to worship today, another way to reach out and, and to this community and foreign fields, Lord, through, through tithes and offerings. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd bless these offerings today, bless the gift and the giver, and we'll be mindful to give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. now
at this time, the uh, Korean Ministry and Children's Church, you are now dismissed. Fifth grade and under for Children's Church. Fifth grade and under for Children's Church, you are now dismissed. The remainder of us, if you could rise, we would love for you to join us in singing the first and last verses of hymn 447, hymn 447, Higher Ground. At the conclusion of this hymn, please greet each other. Amen. 447, Higher Ground, sing along. Sing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day.
Amen. Very good, ladies. Thank you. Matthew chapter 1. Thank you, ladies. Matthew chapter 1. You find your place if you'd please stand in honor of reading God's Word this morning. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 17. And you can help me because um, I think God gets a kick out of us trying to pronounce these names. Amen. I think when we start trying to do this, and you know, and and I have a program on my computer that I can, you know, put these names in. It it will pronounce them for me, <clears throat> and when it does, it is like, oh man, I messed that one up, you know, because uh, they sound nothing like what is what I think it is. So, <clears throat> read along with me there as we get, begin in verse one. It says, "The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David." the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, <clears throat> Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, Judas begat Phares and Zerah of Tamar, Phares begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram, and Aram begat Amenadab, and Amenadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon begat Reboam, and Reboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa. And Asa begat Josaphat, Josaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias, and Ozias begat Joatham, and Joatham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manasseh, and Manasseh beget Amon, and Amon uh, beget Josiah. And Josiah beget Jeconias and uh, his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah beget uh, Selathiel, and Selathiel beget Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel beget Abiad, and Abiad beget Eliakim, and Eliakim uh, beget Azor. And Azor beget Sadok, and Sadok beget Achim, and Achim beget Eliad, and Eliad beget Eleazar, and Eleazar beget Nathan, and Nathan beget Jacob, and Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations, uh, from David until the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 uh, generations. And Father, we pray, God, that you would please accept the reading of your word this morning and bless it, Father. And uh, God, as we continue on the thought of who is Jesus, I pray that you'd please help me this morning to preach the message that you've laid upon my heart. I pray, God, that you'll speak through me. It'll not be me, but it'll be you through me. And Lord, so please, your Holy Spirit, fill me of you and empty me of me today and speak to our hearts this morning that we will listen to you, Lord, what you have for us, and God will give you praise. And Lord, uh, because it's in the name of Jesus, I pray and ask all these things. Amen. You may be seated. You know, one of the major purposes in the Gospel of Matthew is, uh, and the main purpose of chapter 1 and 2 is to establish the Lord Jesus, uh, his right to Israel's kingship. 
these two chapters, they vindicate uh, the claim that the Lord made when he stood before Pilate. If you'd like to turn there, John chapter 18 and verse 37, you remember when the Lord Jesus stood there before Pilate, and <clears throat> Pilate, the Bible says, therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. So it's here in Matthew uh, that he begins by showing uh, the, the lineage of the Lord Jesus from the royal line of Israel. And if the Lord is going to be king, then there has to be proof uh, that he is king. That, 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 and that proof comes from uh, the, being recognized in the royal family. And if you remember last week, we talked about how the Jews uh, were, had great concern for their pedigree. They, they held that very highly. And, and by the way, pedigrees existed long before uh, Israel ever had a king. Uh, in fact, if you recall, when the Israelites, when they entered into the promised land, you know that God, prom uh, he divided up all the land uh, and, and all the territories for each tribe, except for the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe. And in order to qualify for, uh, to be a priest, you had to prove that you were a descendant of the tribe of Levi, or that you were a descendant of Levi. And, and if you go back to Ezra chapter 2 and look in verse 61 and verse 62, you'll find that when Israel returned from exile in Babylon, there were, the Bible says, certain sons of the priests who were not allowed to serve in the priesthood because they could not find their ancestral register to prove uh, who they were. And in verse 62 of Ezra chapter 2, the Bible tells us that they were not found. And so as a result, they were not allowed to uh, function as priests because they could not prove their lineage. So you see again how important the lineage and uh, the descendants are uh, to the Jews. And so here we again see Matthew trying to prove to us the, the, the lineage, the royal line of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what's interesting and significant, I, I think, is the fact that since the destruction of the temple in AD 70, now think about this, no genealogies exist that can trace the ancestry of any Jew now living. Are y'all still with me? Say Amen. You say, well, what's the significance? Well, the significance is that for those Jews who still look for the Messiah, his lineage to David could never be established. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the last verifiable claimant to the throne of David and to the Messianic line. And I thought, man, how interesting that is. And so it's here from Matthew's genealogy that we learn more than the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we, but we also see God's grace. You see, Jesus was sent by a God of grace to be a king of grace. We see God's grace as Matthew reveals to us those who were chosen by God to be his ancestors. And so I want to show you some things. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is a king of grace, and I'm thankful for his grace today. So if you look in verse 16, notice what it says there. It says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now, God showed his grace to Mary by choosing her to be the mother of the Lord Jesus. And we can all say amen. 
Now, although Mary descended from the royal line of David, she was, listen, an ordinary and unknown young woman. And contrary to claims of her immaculate conception, she was as much a sinner as all other human beings that have ever been born. Mary needed a Savior just like everyone else needs a Savior. And she even acknowledged that in Luke chapter 1. You turn over and look in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 46 through 48. Now, we're talking about how God's grace is seen in the choice of one woman, and that woman here being Mary. Mary said in Luke 1, 46 through 48, she said, My spirit hath rejoiced, listen to these words, in God my Savior. Well, isn't that awesome? Listen, Mary needed a Savior just like you and I need one. She was not, nor has she ever been, the co-redemptrix or a co-mediator with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, there is but one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. But Mary, listen, was the recipient of God's grace. The Bible said she was highly favored of God. In fact, if you go and look up those words highly favored, you will find that they literally mean one endued with grace. Now, isn't that an amazing thing? Just as all other mankind, Mary needed grace and Mary needed salvation. But she received a special portion of God's grace by being chosen uh, to be the mother of the Lord Jesus. But she never was or never will be a source of grace. There's only one person who is a source of grace today, and that is God himself. Amen. God's grace chose a sinful woman to have the incomparable privilege of giving birth to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can see a picture of God's grace in that he chose Mary, a virgin woman, to become the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a picture of grace uh, today. We also see God's grace uh, in the descendants of two men. Look in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. Notice the two men that are mentioned there, David, the son of Abraham. Now, now watch this. Both these men were sinners. Sinners. First, we see David. I mean, David sinned as he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he made it worse by having her husband, Uriah, killed so he could marry her. Of course, they had a child, and that first child died. Uh, Listen, but David was a sinner just like you and I, but he was also a warrior. David killed countless men, but he is an example. Think of this. He is also an example of a father who didn't discipline his children when you look and see Absalom. Amen? But listen, David uh, is a picture of God's grace. Think about Abraham. Abraham was a man of great faith. Uh, Abraham, but he lied twice uh, about his wife, Sarah. Now, remember, Abraham was called a friend of God. But listen, Abraham, just like you and I, he was a sinner. If you go back to Genesis chapter 12, and then also in Genesis chapter 20, you'll find and read of how Abraham, out of fear for his life, he told two pagan kings that that Sarah was his sister. Amen. Amen. 
by doing this, listen, he brought shame on her, himself, and God. Yet God, listen, a picture of God's grace, yet God made Abraham the father of his chosen people, Israel. The people from whom the Messiah would come. What a, what a picture of God's grace, how a sinful man like Abraham, yet God used him in a, in a special way. Listen, then God made David father of the royal line from whom Jesus, Messiah, would come. Listen, these two men show us a picture of God's grace. In all their sinfulness, in all their failings, God still used these men in a special way. If you took a look at the descendants of these men, you'll also find that, they, that these men were often characterized and their descendants characterized by unfaithfulness, immorality, idolatry, even apostasy, but God dealt with them by grace. I am thankful today for the grace of Almighty God. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That is a picture of God's grace. Jesus Christ, the son of David, what son of Abraham, was sent to accomplish what these men and their descendants could never have accomplished. Listen, that is the grace of Almighty God. We also see a picture of God's grace in history. Look in verse 17. It says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14, uh, from David until the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. So there's three separate time periods that are given here uh, by Matthew. First, you have the generation from Abraham to David. Listen, this was a period of the patriarchs. If you go back and study, it was a, it was a period uh, where the, uh, of Moses and Joshua and the judges. It was a period of wandering, a, a period of enslavement in a foreign land. And, and by the way, we're talking about some of that in, uh, in the afternoons as we look at the life of Moses. Listen, they were enslaved in the land of Egypt, listen, away from home. But it was also a period of deliverance. It was a period of covenant making, and it was a period of law giving and victory as well for the children of Israel. You say, well, how do we see God's grace in this? Well, because God delivered them. They had, were gone into captivity because of their sinfulness, but God still loved them. They were still his people, and God gave them a victory over that regardless. But then you notice uh, period number two, from David until the carrying away to Babylon, what Scripture says. If you remember, this was when Israel wanted a king. They wanted to be like other nations. God help us not to want to be like other nations. Let's just be who we are. Amen. Listen, I, don't, I want to be who God made me to be. Early in my ministry, I, I grew up under several pastors, my dad being one for seven years, but I grew up under pastors that, uh, you know, that go way back, and, and I would catch myself trying to pattern some of my uh, mannerisms and some of the things that I did uh, after them. Now, I can't help, uh, you know, some of my mannerisms because I got from my dad. Bummer for you. Amen. Uh, but I'm telling you, I, but, there, but then there came a point in ministry where I thought, you know, I can't be like that person. I, God didn't make me to be like them. 
God made me to be who I am. He made me to lead who uh, the way he wants me to lead. Listen, and that is you and, uh, as well as a born-again child of God. God has made you, he has made you just like you are, the way you are, because he wants you to be able to reach some people that I cannot reach. You can't, re- you can't be, a, don't be like Brother Shelton. Please, don't be like Brother Shelton. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, listen, you, not everybody can get up here and lead singing. Amen? But everybody can do something for the honor and glory of God. And it's that place that we need to find where God wants us to be. But Israel, they wanted to be like everyone else. They didn't want judges anymore. They wanted a king. But they soon discovered that these kings, more often than not, they led them away from God and into trouble, not to God and into the graces of God. And it was during this period that there there was apostasy, there was defeat, there was exile, destruction of Jerusalem, there was destruction of the temple. And it's only when you read in this time period that where you find in David, Jehoshaphat, and Hezekiah, that we see any evidence of godliness during this period of time. Listen, God help us today to understand God wants us to be who we are. We're not here to be like any other church. We're here to be Central Park Baptist Church. God says we are fitly joined together. Amen. God, God put each one of us in here like a puzzle, and each one of us are here for a reason and here for a purpose. Well, preacher, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, all you got to do is ask God, and he'll tell you what it is. But we see that this was a time period where they were carried away. It says, until the carrying away of Babylon. But then there's a third period. And and the Bible says, from Babylon to the time of Christ. This was a a period of exile. It was a period of frustration. Uh, This period has also been called Israel's Dark Ages. But in the midst of of all these three periods, we find God's grace was at work on behalf of his people. Listen, can I tell you today, no matter what is going on today, God is working behind the scenes. We may not be able to see it. Uh, We may not know what's going on. We may think it's bleak and bad. But listen, God is at work today uh, on behalf of a born-again child of Almighty God, period. And one of these days soon, we're going to hear the trump of God sound. And we're going to hear the call of God say, come up hither and we'll be called out of here. But God help us to understand not to get bogged down in the minutia of the things of this whole world because there are better days coming. Amen. Amen. And we see that during this time period. We see that Israel rises during this time period from Babylon to Christ. Uh, They fail, they fall, they stagnate, and they ultimately reject and even crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. But God, in His infinite grace, sent the Lord Jesus Christ through them. Amen. What a story of God's grace. Here is a people uh, that reject God. They turn from Him. You read them through the Old Testament, and they would seem like they would do good for a little while. And then after the goodness of God falls on them, they just turn right around and reject Him right to His face. But listen, but they were still God's people. And God still loved them. And, and we see that God still used, he still sent God's son through his people. What a story of God's grace. But then we see God's grace in verses 3 through 6. 
how he included four outcasts. Four. Now watch this. The first one was Tamar. Now she was left childless, uh, a widow. Her first husband died. Uh, uh, again, uh, in fact, the first two died out of the judgment of God. And, and, and then uh, the, the third husband didn't want to perform his, what they're supposed to do, that, if, that they were childless. The next brother was supposed to come along and marry and, and bring a, a, a man-child to carry on the name of the family. But the third young man, he didn't do that. Now watch. And so Tamar disguised herself as a prostitute and tricked Judah into sleeping with her, became pregnant and bore twins named Perez and Zerah, Genesis chapter 38. But now watch this. You think, man alive, that was pretty deceitful. It absolutely was. Amen. You know, how, how often do we act apart from the will of God for our lives? And we try to manipulate things around and think, well, you know, God here, it seems like God needs a little help in what's going on in my life. He seems like he's kind of dropped the ball. He's not paying attention, so we're going to help him a little bit. Careful. That's what's going on here. But God's grace fell on these men and on this family. Listen, undeserving people, including Tamar, a deceptive Gentile, and uh, uh, one who, who uh, posed as a, made herself as a prostitute. And listen, and yet she was placed in well as a family in the messianic line of the Lord Jesus Christ. What, listen, what a picture of grace. Listen, anybody, knows that they certainly didn't deserve it. But God's grace was there. We see another outcast. Her name is Rahab. You know her. Rahab was a, a woman as well, a Gentile, guilty of prostitution. Listen, I, she, didn't be, she didn't belong there. And if you look back in Joshua chapter 2 and Joshua chapter 6, we're told of how she protected the two Israelite men, you, you remember, who had been sent in by Joshua to spy out the city. Uh, and, and so she hid them. And as a result, God spared her life when, when Jericho was besieged and destroyed. But God not only spared her life, but brought her into the Messianic line. Listen, if you read in there in those verses, you find that she was the wife of Salmon, uh, the mother uh, of Boaz, who was David's great-grandfather. Listen, how awesome is that? And, and, and yet when we read things like this and, and all of these names, listen, we have a tendency to, we start out the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and Abram beget, and now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. You follow me? You know, we want to get right over all that baguette kind of stuff, you know, and we can't, and so-and-so and so baguette, so-and-so, and so-and-so baguette, so-and-so, and they baguette, 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 and, you know, and, and it all worked out. Wait a minute, and we got, we, but we got to be careful about that. There's, there's stuff in here, amen, that God is wanting us to see, and we're seeing it right here where Tamar, the, uh, an outcast, uh, was a recipient of God's grace, and, and where Rahab, another outcast, was a, a recipient of God's grace, and they were put in the messianic line of the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen, don't stop there. there there's another. Her name is Ruth. Ruth is the wife of Boaz. And like the other two women, she also is a Gentile. Listen, what a, what a great thing for me and you, amen? We're Gentiles. After her husband died, she along with her mother-in-law, Naomi, you read it, she went back, moved back to Israel. 
Ruth was a godly, sensitive woman who uh, accepted the Lord as her own God. And, and if you recall, listen, her people, they were pagan people. They were Moabites. They were a people. You say, where'd they come from? Well, I'm glad you asked. I just happen to have it right here. They came from an incestuous relationship between Lot and his two unmarried daughters. Listen, but now here we find her. We find her in the messianic line of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Ruth, again, a Moabite, a former pagan uh, with no right to marry an Israelite whatsoever. It was by God's grace that brought Ruth into the family of Israel. And later, through her marriage to Boaz, she became the grandmother of Israel's great king, David himself. Listen, what a picture of the grace of Almighty God today. But listen, it doesn't stop there. There's another one. Her name is Bathsheba. She's not identified here by name. Uh, and we, we can speculate as to why, but it, that really doesn't matter. We know who it is. Uh, she's mentioned simply as the wife of David and the former wife of Uriah. And as you know, David... Uh, committed adultery with her and had her husband killed and then uh, uh, so that he could take her to wife. And as I've already mentioned, they had a son and, and, and that son died as a result, again, of God's judgment. Uh, but then they had a second son. Uh, his name was Solomon. It, what, who was the successor to David's throne, the one who, who continued the messianic line. Listen, it, it, it was by God's grace that, that Bathsheba became the wife of David, the mother of Solomon, and an ancestor of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Listen, what a picture of the grace of God. But it even goes deeper than that. Listen, all these women are mentioned in the genealogy. Listen, women were never mentioned in a genealogy. It was always the men. But here we have God's grace picturing these, and God is letting us know it's significant because it's a beautiful testimony to God's grace that he is no respecter of person, that he said in Romans 10, 13, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, we all are recipients of God's grace. I'm thankful today that, uh, that God's showing us that uh, through the, these genealogies where the Lord said in Matthew 9, 13, He said, For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Listen, uh, that's you and that, that's me. If, uh, anybody here that's never sinned? Well, I guess the Lord's talking to us. Yeah, I guess He wants us to come. But you know, that's, that's not it. There's, a, there's another outcast and um, everyone in this room has been cast out by a sin, yeah, separated from God. Uh, Satan and all his imps, they stand diametrically opposed to all mankind. He and all his hordes of demons, they work tirelessly to send as many souls to hell as they possibly can. And the Bible says because of one man's sin... Death was passed upon all mankind. Listen, we, nobody gets out of here alive. I don't like death. Listen, I, I don't know anybody that does. But we all have an appointment. Uh, we, and we're going we're gonna to keep it. Amen. 
Uh, and, and, but we choose, and I've said this a couple of weeks ago, but we're going to choose whether we die once or whether we die twice. It's, only, it's appointed unto man how, how many times to die? Once, just once. Yeah, and that's this flesh. The Bible says that this flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, one of these days when the trump of God sounds, this mortal will put on immortality. This, cor- this corruption will put on incorruption if you're a born-again child of God. But if, listen, but if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says that you are dead in your trespasses and sin. My dad told us, all of us family, all the kids, he said, listen, he said, I don't want to, I do not open that casket and let people walk by and look at me. I don't want nobody, he said, I don't want nobody walk by gawking at me. I said, okay. And we did exactly what he said because he was afraid of him. <laughs> I mean, he was our dad. But, you know, we have a tendency to walk by, and, pe- and we've all heard, oh, look, don't they look good? Don't they look natural? No, they don't. They're dead. They don't look natural. Natural is looking out here. I think most of y'all look pretty natural. You look like you're breathing and you're, you're you know, you're, you're doing okay. Yep. But God said spiritually, we're dead. You know what? A dead person spiritually feels nothing of the Spirit of God. You say, well, how do we, how do we come alive? Well, through the preaching of the Word of God and the, and the presentation of the gospel. Listen, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And through the quickening, the, the Word of Almighty God, we are quickened. We are made alive. Amen. That's the, do you know lost people can't pray? God don't hear them. Why? They're dead. Amen. I mean, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just telling you the truth. Listen, you and I today, we were, we, we were outcast by, by one man's sin because of Adam. He sold us out. The Bible didn't say by one woman's sin. We always give Eve a hard time, but God said it's by one man's sin that death was passed upon all mankind. We're all dead in sin and without Christ. But I'm thankful that when I got saved, amen, that, that God who is, the Bible says, who is rich in mercy and grace sent His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to redeem all who will accept His gift of eternal life. Listen, the godly died for the ungodly. The sinless died for the sinner. The Creator died for the created. Listen, that is a picture of God's grace. I am here. You're looking at a recipient of the grace of Almighty God. Praise the Lord. And if you're saved, you're a recipient of the grace of God. Amen. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. Uh, I, I don't even remember how the quote goes, but one preacher said, Listen, if I got what I deserved, I'd be upside down uh, with my back broke in hell. Listen, that's what we deserve. But God, the Bible says, who is rich in mercy. I'm thankful. I am thankful today that I am saved by His grace this morning. I am a recipient of God's matchless, wonderful, rich, and overwhelming grace. I don't deserve it. But God loves me. And He loves you today. 
Listen, if you're here today and you're lost, you can be saved. All you got to do is come. You see, uh, today we, listen, can I encourage, don't take God's grace for granted. I'm telling, we're, and let me just throw this in here. We're studying about Pharaoh. He, God gave him an opportunity to repent and do the right thing. And he rejected it. And God's judgment came. You understand today that if we reject the grace of God, one day God's grace will turn to judgment. Yeah. And the Bible says that one day the books will be opened. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The books will be opened and will be judged out of the things that are written according to this book. One of those books is called the Lamb's Book of Life. And God said if, if our name, if your name is not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Bible says God tells us, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. And they'll be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. You see, we choose. We make that choice. Nobody makes that choice for us. We make it today. If you're here and you're not saved, can I encourage you to come? I'll, I'll introduce you to my friend. He's a king. But he's a gracious king. He's a loving king. And today he stands trying to offer us grace and an opportunity to repent. And all you got to do is come. Oh, I've had people say, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. God still said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't say, you know, he didn't say, just fill out this, you know, this, this, uh, this form here. And we'll let me look it over and we'll see if you, if you make it. No. The form's already been filled out. There it is, right there. It's the cross of Calvary. The Lord Jesus filled it out and signed it with his precious blood. And we today are recipient of God's grace. Christian, you say, well, I'm already saved. Well, how's your life counting? If you're not living for God like you ought to, then God's given you, God's given you grace. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a recipient of God's grace. I've lived two lifetimes. Um, I've just had the privilege to live my second one doing what God intended for me to do here today. You know what that is? That's God's grace. Yep, I didn't deserve it. But God gave me an opportunity to do the right thing and to get right, and I, I chose. And listen, and today, you must choose. I can't choose for you. I can't come out there and grab you, you know. You're too big. Some of you are too big anyway, and I wouldn't, but... You know, I told somebody the other day, I'm not going to beat you up with my family Bible. Listen, you know what? God's not going to either. You know, the Bible says that the love of God constraineth us. Can I encourage you today? Because God loves you and shows you grace. If you're lost, can you come and let me introduce you to Jesus Christ? I'll show you how you can have everlasting, eternal life. That's the only kind that he gives. Christian, if you're here and you're not serving God like you should, then why are you waiting on What's it going to benefit you to wait? How, how, how's it going to help you to wait to do what God wants you to do? All you have to do is come. Father, help us. I'm thankful, Lord, for a gracious king. I'm thankful that my Savior, my king, is seated at the right hand of the Father. And one day, Lord, you're going to stand up. Lord, you're seated right now. But one day... The father is going to tell the, the son, son, go get them. And you're coming back. You'll not tarry. You'll not wait. But immediately you'll be on your way. The trump of God will sound. And Lord, you said those uh, who are dead in Christ will rise first.
And then we which remain, Lord, we who are still here on this earth, saved and waiting, will be caught up together to meet Him in the air. And the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. God, help us to be ready. Lord, we could step right out of this building right this morning in the trump of God's sound. It could happen any minute. God, only...